0: Don't be surprised when it all comes falling apart with just one boss move from total chaos. Will this world that live in zero roam to freeze. Don't be surprised when it dies like you and me, cause they could have a day. And now from the Living Off the Land Breaking News Desk, here is Steven Stefano.
1: Thank you, Dan. It's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. It's another episode of Living Off the Land, and we have some huge news right off the start of the episode. As AEW superstar Kenny Omega would say, here in Cleveland, we are 514 miles from North Carolina, uh and the reason I'm saying that is, I've been doing a lot of running lately. So much so that um, aside from just a little doohickey in early September where I dinged my Achilles, it's been a really good last three or four months. Ah. For a year and a half, marathoning was pretty much just dead because of the COVID-19 pandemic. The last time I did one was in Miami 2020. Last year at this time, I was training to do a race in Nashville. And I got hurt about a week before the race. Oh. It was terrible. So this is something that's kind of delicate when you try to train for something like this. You know, you I mean, I've, I've done the thing where I've, you know, walked all the way, you know, because I got hurt the week before in Richmond in 2019. But be that as it may, everything's going good. I'm crossing my fingers, and I'm taking the leap once again, folks. November the 12th. I will be competing in the Charlotte Marathon.
0: Nice.
1: Yes, indeed. Boy,
0: about less than six weeks or uh, less, about a month out.
1: Yes, exactly a month from today. Wow. In what they call the Queen City, which people in Cincinnati probably would not agree with because they, they try to call their city the Queen City as well. That's right. But November 12th, I will be in the southern Queen City of Charlotte. And we'll be trying to complete my 13th marathon of my illustrious running career. First one since Miami 2020. And it's going down. It actually starts at 7.20 in the morning, bright and early. And the average high temperature in Charlotte on November 12th 62 degrees so hopefully it's going to be right about there maybe just slightly below that start time and it's going to be dry and it's going to be beautiful it's not going to be like hot and humid like it was last time in miami or five years ago in detroit where it was like somehow it was like 70 degrees and it was like super windy and it was like the worst day you could possibly imagine other than like there being a thunderstorm or something but uh yes This is going down, and for the next few weeks, I'm going to be going back into blog mode on on Twitter, kind of just going through each of the the workouts progressively (sighs) and uh, saying, hey, this is going good, or, oh, maybe this isn't so good. And come hell or high water, this is happening. Unless I'm, like, physically not able to even walk, basically. Hmm. It's, It's happening. So, Get ready, folks? November the twelfth, and that's gonna culminate that's awesome. in absolutely humongous week for your boys at Stiff's McGee on Twitter. Uh, that Sunday proceeding, uh, November the sixth.
0: Wait, wait. <laughs> you just said your boys at Stiff's McGee? Do you can have I, somebody that runs did your I, Twitter I account? Say
1: boys? I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> uh, no, nobody runs that account but me. Oh, okay. Uh, thank God.
0: I thought maybe. Uh, but I thought uh, maybe. Uh, Maybe uh, maybe your dad or something. I don't have a little <laughs> grumps. God, could you imagine? You. Could you imagine if your dad had a Twitter account? I'm it, sorry, I don't mean to sidetrack this. If but... Philly
1: fit, no, seriously, if Philly <laughs> fan was was like tapping into my account, that would actually be a good thing because he is. Oh my god, he would be a fabulous follow if he was actually on the Twitter the Twitterverse.
0: <laughs> could you imagine him live <laughs> tweeting a a, a a sporting event? <laughs>
1: You would just literally hear what he says during games. It would be it would be just
0: great. Yes, awesome. you would just you would just read his and th- uh, you would just read his tweet and then just just audibleize it in your mind in a thick Philly accent. And
1: and since MB is no longer working or that's employed right. with one of our teams,
0: that's right. Uh, it
1: doesn't matter what he says now. That's right. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> So, but anyway, November the sixth, which is that preceding Sunday, is my daughter Scarlett's baptism. Hey at St. John Newman Church in Strongsville. And then two days after that is Election Night Extravaganza. So, oh,
0: that's like that's like your that's like your Christmas. Your that's my every
1: two year, you know, mega.
0: Yeah. Oh, easy, easy. Political, don't, you don't, know, don't switch a letter in that word kind of thing. You yeah. know, he said so, he said mega, not maga. Mega,
1: <laughs> not MAGA. MAGA. Uh, I oh, feel like awesome. Scarlett now the way she talks. Well, she doesn't even talk like that yet. But be that as may. That's gonna be that's gonna be awesome. And hopefully, I got a case of cat scratch fever, and I'm gonna be throwing just as many touchdowns as Baker Mayfield. Oh,
0: <laughs> what? What is that even? No oh, Zero? What is right, it? right, exactly. Oh, okay. I was just saying. What?
1: Race finishes outside Bank of America, Stadium, So
0: Oh, so. okay. I get it. I get it. I get the connection now. Yeah. Wow. Charlotte already went way over my head.
1: Because <laughs> they're not the Charlotte Panthers. They're the Carolina Panthers? I guess. I guess.
0: <laughs> so Steven's getting back into the marathon game. Very, very nice. Yep. All right, well, now we can get the episode going. So that is our breaking news segment of the day. And, uh, yeah, best of luck. Best of luck for health, number one. Yeah. They were able to, able to get to November 12th totally healthy and ready to go. Um, and then, obviously, success during the race. So, All right, well, thank you guys for checking in. Uh, this is episode 231 of Living Off the Land and uh yeah tonight's episode we are going to go through uh the uh game 1 we're going to react to game 1 of the ALDS bef- between the Guardians and the Yankees react. The Yankees win 4 to 1 and then we are going to preview uh a game to where I am just going to go out and say it the season's on the line on Sunday for the Cleveland Browns yes Personally, I thought it was last week, but it really is this week. I mean, this is essentially win, you're in, lose, and it becomes the annual tradition we are so familiar with, the death march till the end of the season, when you just know that the Browns don't really have a chance of making the playoffs. (laughs) So, you fall to 2-4 and with the remaining schedule that you've got, especially over the next six weeks, and my goodness. But... Before all that, do we? Uh, this shows you how much show prep uh, Steve and I have done uh, as far as talking to each other about this episode.
1: Are you talking about the beer of the week?
0: No, we don't have that this week.
1: Oh, we do not have a beer of the week. Well, no. I will tell you that. Okay, do so we have a neighborhood to get to. Know? We do have a neighborhood. Okay. And, and in fact, you know what's cool about this is we get to basically turn this into a commercial for one of our favorite microbreweries in the city. Okay. That being Fatheads Brewery. Ah. Mm. Hmm. Uh, who, of course, they have their um, original location on Lorraine Road in North Olmstead and their giant hulking warehouse brew pub in Middleburg Heights. And that is where the we are headed. The beer hall. That is where we are headed tonight.
0: <coughs> oh, we're doing Middleburg Heights tonight, huh? Yes. Ah.
1: Just down the road from P Heights, where we are right now. That's right. Uh, Middleburg Heights, of course, is on the southwest side of Cuyahoga County, uh, bordered on the south by Strongsville, on the west by Berea, on the north by Brook Park, and in the west by Parma and Parma Heights. Middleburg Heights is actually a pretty fine community. Average home price there is about $250,000. It it is definitely what I would call middle to upper class for the most part. Uh, Lots of great neighborhoods. You've got a lot of really great parkland in the south and west portion of the city. In fact, you have Cuyahoga County Fairgrounds on the Far West End, bordering Berea, so all throughout the year you've got many different events there. Irish Fest, which is in the main, is in the summer. Cuyahoga County Fair, which is in August, October Fest, which is always a favorite in September, and then always, I do they do stuff at Halloween. I I'd have to check that out, but I don't know. If um, they, they might do something there, but there's no shortage of um places to go in the region, Um not just in Millbrook Heights, but if you go to Strongsville, you go to Columbia Station, if you go to um, a lot of the communities just kind of on the outskirts of the of the Cleveland metro area, where you got stuff like you know corn mazes, hay rides, all this sort of stuff. Red Wagon Farm, which is actually not too far away from Middleburg, is uh, a good place to go. I think that's in Columbia Station. But bringing it back within the borders here, the the Big Creek Reservation is uh, within Middleburg Heights. This is your main uh, parkland. This comes. Sort of branch where Valley Parkway sort of branches off uh it heads toward Berea, and then you've got Big Creek Parkway, which kind of runs through and Lake Isaac, which is actually a pretty cool area to just kind of uh see the natural beauty of an area, especially in the we're heading into the top time of the year for fall foliage mm-hmm. like oh, right absolutely. now through probably first week in November is, is when it's kind all of all the its colors. Peak, yeah. Yeah. You know, before all the leaves start falling and, uh, Lake Isaac, which is, uh, on big Creek parkway, just south of Fowls road is actually a, you know, if you're into bird watching, if you're into, you know, just uh, hiking, there's lots of trails going into the back of that area. Uh, definitely a place to check out. Um, as you go across, uh, I-71 to the other side, that's where um, a bunch of your car dealerships are. Audi and Heights, Honda, the sunny side is over there. Um, and if you continue to go northbound on Pearl Road, uh, you'll pass by Grace Church, which I believe uh, is where your family goes to church. Yeah, um, indeed. You know, So that's along that corridor. Continue up that corridor, there is a business called Get Air Cleveland, which I believe is a indoor... Skydiving facility? Oh, plus, no, not skydiving. Um, it's a, a trampoline it's a tram- park. It's a trampoline park. Okay, I mean that's uh, trampoline parks are actually something that like didn't exist ten years ago, and yet they right. are they're all over the place now. And Get Air Cleveland is uh, is interesting because you know you'll see stuff like Sky Zone and Jump Yard. This one's actually a locally owned business. So yep. if if you're somebody who really cares about that, keeping uh, businesses, you know, your money uh, spent locally. Get Air Cleveland is definitely a good place to check out. Um, 7204 Pearl Road, Middleburg Heights, Ohio, 4.4 4 star rated on Google. Um, I, you know, that's a place I'd actually really want to go myself, quite frankly. Um, that's you know, that's the sort of place that once to up a little bit.
0: Well, hey, definitely a place. To- don't do it before the marathon. <coughs> Just in case. Well, I'm
1: not going to be able to do it the week after. I'm going to be able to jump legs are going to be too wow, heavy. Well, wow, that's what the trampolines <laughs> are for.
0: <laughs> trampolines help you jump.
1: Oh, man. <clears throat> going up a little further up Pearl Road is another really cool place to check out. That's Area 51 Laser Tag, which is one of the top laser tag arenas in the Cleveland area. 4.6 star rated on Google. This is at 13409 Smith Road, right at the corner of Smith and Pearl. I've been inside this arena many a time, and I've never had a bad time
0: used to go there a lot growing up and i think it was it was called something else Laser Extreme i believe yeah. it was called back then
1: yeah, yeah uh Area 51 Area 51 is like a i believe not local they're like regional cuz they have a location in Fort Wayne Indiana also but it's 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 awesome it's not just even straight shooting the the other competitors there's you know some other aspects to it too where there's like there's little bases inside the arena if you find them and shoot those that's worth big points you know, and and that also uh, improves the team battle aspect. If you end up in a team battle, uh, it's almost like a laser tag meets capture the flag, sort of. Well, you
0: can't um, you can't tell that you've never been there. That's there, for sure.
1: There you go. Got got to know a little bit
0: about the place I'm talking about.
1: And um, going over over toward the other side of town, the far northwest side on Eastland Road is, you know, I guess, like family entertainment is kind of the theme here in, in Littlebrook Heights. We've got Trapped ex- Escape Room. Mm. which is right on the border with Middleburg Heights near the corner of uh, Eastland and Sheldon. Uh, I've actually never been to an escape room, and this oh, might be a, a place to check out to do something. With this yeah. is where you, like, you get locked in the room. Yeah. you got to complete certain puzzles to be able to Puzzle, get out. Puzzles, clues, yeah. You're trying to get out in the shortest amount of time or at the very least before the time runs out, because yeah. otherwise you get you'd like lose. You usually get like an hour. Yeah. So, this place is 4.2 star rated on Google. This is 6749 Eastland Road in Millbrook Heights, just across the border from Brook Park. Uh, trappedcle.com. Definitely another good place to check out.
0: Yep. Yeah. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out the Eastland Inn, mm. uh, which is a um, like a small family-owned bar uh, that is owned by a family friend of mine. Shout out to the Rogiros. Um. Yeah, really cool place. It's almost like a uh, uh uh like a house that was turned into a bar. That's like, is just like tucked away in the in the neighborhood. Actually, I I actually, think I've, I have picked people up there before. I don't know if Eastland Inn is technically Berea or Middleburg Heights.
1: It's right along the border. Eastland yeah. Road is it, the border kind of jags uh, a little bit, uh, but Eastland Road is pretty much right along the border. Again, if you look at the main commercial corridors, we talked about the Pearl Road corridor quite a bit. You also have the the Bagley Road corridor going to the west from I-71. That's where your original Blue, Brew Garden location is. Uh, you've got a, a whole bunch of other places. Uh, a lot of the hotels actually on uh, just to the south of the airport are there: Crown Plaza, uh, Courtyard by Marriott, Home Two Suites, Red Roof Inn. <laughs>
0: huh,
1: Red Roof Inn. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, All in that area, and then just a little bit further to the west of there is Southwest General Hospital. That was the hospital I was born at. Same here. It makes two of us. Uh, It's the main uh, birthing hospital on the west side for University Hospitals. Um, and then, of course, we got to finish this journey at where we started: Fatheads Brewery, the Brew Hall, the Giant Warehouse, with
0: all of the just incredible brewing
1: equipment. They've got a tour that takes you around from. Um uh, it just kind of shows the, the whole process of what they do yep. it's self guided they have all the the information on the walls and you actually see inside the window to all the tanks and all the the mixing pods and everything that they do in there yep uh fabulous what they what they've set up there the the food itself is very good as well uh as well as all the you can get yep. pretty much any beer they make there yep um
0: there's <laughs> a uh <coughs> sorry there's a uh there's a a swag shop or a uh uh, uh I don't know yes that's called. right a pro it, shop yeah. or whatever you mm-hmm. can if you, you get, get all get some sorts swag. of fatheads gear uh i believe they have party rooms available if you want to throw a party which is great that's uh, right it's it's a really cool place um in the summertime they have a really nice patio out front uh and then the beer's great Fatheads beer is just great um and like you like you said the food also very good
1: 17450 Angle Lake Drive, Middleburg Heights, Ohio, 4.5 star rated. How in the world is it not more than 4.5 star? That's I don't just know. some that, people are some people are just like too difficult to please, I guess. Yeah.
0: So some somebody uh somebody back in the day uh when we were first starting the podcast as a joke gave us a 1 star rating on Apple Podcasts not knowing that that would actually hurt us. They were just doing it as a joke. So there's there's people like that everywhere. Jerks. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But anyway, Middleburg Heights, as we have laid out, excellent suburban community, uh, great place to raise a family, great place to hang out, uh, lots to do.
0: I spent a lot of my time there with my nonna, my my grandmother, uh, living in Middleburg Heights right off of uh, 130th, over by 130th in Pleasant Valley. Um,
1: My aunt lives right next to there, actually,
0: on West 130th Street. Yeah, right down the street. Go figure yeah. that Aunt chris uh mhm, yeah, so know the place well, love Middleburg Heights,
1: and you're never and you're never too far from anything with i seventy one running literally right smack dab right through the middle, yep so, absolutely and oh
0: oh, there's also a uh uh the uh can't forget about the golf tech and the driving range that's right off of the highway,
1: yeah, that's literally right off of uh stone Pearl Bridge, Road i, I think, think right, yep uh-huh, yeah.
0: yeah. Been there a bunch of times too.
1: That's one of the top non-top golf driving ranges. Yeah, in the but it's region.
0: also but it's also a Top Golf now or not Top Golf, uh, Golf Tech. So if you're if you're into getting lessons, that's a great place to go.
1: That's where they position themselves. They they I've actually taken lessons there before. That was like maybe 15 years ago. But yeah, but yes, if you if you're somebody that uh, is interested in golf, wants to get into golf, but you know doesn't know a whole lot about it or you're just not really experienced, that's a great place to go to start yep. uh, at Stonebrook. Stonebrook, yeah.
0: I said Stonebridge. Hmm. It is Stony Brook. Stony Brook, Stonebrook, whatever. <laughs> just get off at, at 71 and Pearl and go north. It's right next to Islander. Yeah.
1: Islander Bar and Grill and the Islander Office Complex. It's in that same – Allie Millburg Heights is right next to it as well. Yep. <laughs> Maybe you want to drop $40,000 on a car while you're at 40? it. 40000 yeah. uh, <laughs> And that's yeah, for the base model. At
0: forty, you'd have to go across the street to Sunnyside Honda. You're, yeah. not, you're not. spending forty k yeah. at, at, huh. at Audi. Hopefully it's maybe sixty.
1: Hopefully it's the Odyssey or the. Uh, oh gosh, I, mean, I don't even know. Like the top of the line Hondas might go for forty thousand.
0: Odyssey is a minivan. Yeah,
1: well, minivans are expensive.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't know, but. <laughs>
1: Hopefully, I won't have to get one of those at some point. I
0: did buy I did buy my Honda Accord from Sunnyside, so shout out. Even though the tire blew up, but that's not their fault. Anyway. That's
1: why we're not talking about
0: Lorraine tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been actually funny if you would have pulled that out. That would have been pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. I didn't want to troll you that bad. <laughs> oh, man. What a night Saturday night was. Shout out, by the way. Shout out, Lorraine. Didn't want Lorraine. to shout out. Uh, well, Yeah. I wanted to shout out former co-host of the podcast, Ryan Donathan, and uh, his uh, lovely bride, also a friend, uh, Jen. Um, they got married on Saturday, uh, had a great uh, ceremony in Lorraine at the shipyards, and when I was driving home at around 11 o'clock, uh, popped a tire and had to uh, change a tire on the side of the road. Well, not I was actually able to find a parking spot, but... Uh, was able to change the tire uh, in my suit clothes. Uh, yeah, so that was fun, great, wonderful. Also, like an idiot, when I knew, no, when I realized the tire was flat, I tried to put air in it just so I could get home. And while I was putting air in it, I put my phone on top of my car, and then I got done inflating the tire, got in my car, didn't grab my phone, and drove off. Uh. I don't know what you're trying to do there. Okay, that's weird. I, I would I would have suggested P.I.R. losing horn there, but whatever. Uh, mm. So, yeah, I'm an idiot. So I have a completely cracked screen right now. Um, probably going to end up getting a new phone here, maybe even tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, I'm spending a lot of money this week. So Ouch. <coughs> well,
1: anyway. know the feeling, been there. Yeah, uh, we all
0: have, so I try not to, like, you know, yeah. feel too sorry for myself. Everybody deals with that sort of stuff. It's, uh, you know, we all go through it. So, anyway, we got a couple games to get to. Yes, we do. uh, let's start with the Gardos, and a little bit of a disappointing, obviously, I mean, we lost. Um, I thought it was interesting. i thought I thought game one was very, very, very out of character for the Guardians in almost all aspects. We were kicking the we were kicking the ball around on defense. two airs um, that was strange. Yeah, we struck out a bunch, which we hadn't done all year. We're not known as a team that strikes out a lot. No, um,
1: but they were doing a lot of that in the divisional round and in the wild card round. To be fair,
0: yeah, that's true. Um, and then Stephen Kwan hits a home run; it's our only run of the game. We basically didn't do anything else. We got the bases loaded uh, in the third inning, I believe, with one out and could not get a run across the board, which is a bit surprising just because the Guardians are a contact are a contact club, and they do a very good job uh, with uh, hitting with runners in scoring position, less than two outs, even with two outs. So we loaded the bases with one out and uh, couldn't get anybody else home, and I thought that changed the complexion and, of the game completely. And that's
1: the second, round, the second game in a row where they've done that because in game two against the Rays, they actually had bases loaded with nobody out. Oh, in the Sixth yeah. inning of that game and did not score. Did not score. Yeah. Which they could have put that game to bed a heck of a lot earlier than the fifteenth inning if they Listen, would have scored there.
0: Bottom line is I, I, I was listening <laughs> to uh listening to sports talk uh this morning and throughout the day, there was a lot of conversation of who do you blame more for the loss? Do you blame uh Terry Francona for keeping Cal Quantrill in there too long? Um as he got into the sixth inning, um hit the Yankees lineup for the third time and they started to Started to hit him pretty good um, before taking him out. Obviously, Anthony Rizzo with that uh, absolute bomb of a two-run home run kind of put things out of reach. Um, Or do you put the onus on the offense for only scoring one run and not being able to hit in crucial situations? Did Tito Francona possibly leave Cal Quantro into the game a little bit too long? Yeah, but I'm – when you score one run, I mean, it, it really, in the grand scheme of things, didn't really matter. You scored one run, you know? You're not going to win any games that way.
1: I know our bullpen is great, but, I mean, I think we're overanalyzing a little bit here. I didn't think Colontrol pitched bad. I, mean, I don't think he did either, if but... If you give him the hook earlier, does it work out better? Yeah, okay, possibly. It's not a guarantee. Maybe it does. Maybe it does stay 2-1. But again, as you said, that means you've got to score a second run at least to tie the game and a third to win. Yeah. Guardians have not shown the ability to do that, not just no, last sc- night, but in, in,
0: scored four in the wild card run, round. We either. scored four runs in 33 innings of playoff baseball. Yeah. I mean, somehow we managed to win two of those three games.
1: Right, because the pitching has been so fabulous. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as as <coughs> my neighbor uh, told me, we mm-hmm. were just, you know, kind of standing outside last night. Yeah, the pitching is great, but the Yankees lineup is pretty darn good. You're going to need to hit a little bit to win this series. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, now, I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna get by scoring one and two runs.
0: No, I will say It though, might happen
1: one of the games, but it's not going to happen for the whole series.
0: I will say though that th- th- this isn't exactly a murderer's row type Yankees lineup. I mean, if the Yankees are not going to score more than three to four runs every game, if you neutralize Aaron Judge like they did last night. Now they walked him once and that was he was on base when Anthony Rizzo hit the two-run home run that essentially put the game out of reach. But you know, Aaron Judge struck out 3 times last night. So they're going to struggle if he's not putting up, you know, if he's not mashing. So I I do the think Guardians the Guardians have just got to figure out a, the Guardians have got to figure out a way to get to 5 runs, I think. If the Guardians score five runs each of the next three games, we're going to win this series three games to one because I don't see the Yankees just absolutely smashing the ball uh, like Yankee teams of old. Like, obviously, Aaron Judge, yes, he set the American League uh, record for home runs this year. But if you pitch to him like you did last night and he strikes out three times, I, I... I really have a good feeling about the Guardians in this series, even though we're down 1-0 and have to win three out of four against the Yankees to advance. If Aaron Judge Aaron Judge is the guy that if you can just keep him quiet, the bats have got to wake up. They've got. To, it doesn't matter what you do pitching-wise. If you're going to continue to score a, a run and a half a game, you got no chance.
1: Frankly, I think the Guardians had the right philosophy with regard to Aaron Judge in this game. There's one right after him. Yes. For the most part. Aaron Judge and The does... one time they put him on base, he scored because of the guy bad in. Well, here you know, I it's...
0: will say I will say he was dead to rights when he was trying to steal uh in that inning and Austin hedges just th- it was a horrible throw. Terrible. I mean, I mean listen, I love Hedgy. I get it. You know, he's a he's a sympathetic figure because you know, he's he's kind of like the Guardians. They're, you know, Everybody's saying, how are these guys here? Everybody was saying at the beginning of the year, how is this guy a major league catcher? Well, he's supposed to be really good defensively, and that's where you hang your hat on with him, is handling the pitching staff and being really good defensively because he can't hit a lick. Well, if you're throwing a ball to second base, trying to throw out a runner, stealing, and it's Aaron Judge. It's not like it's freaking Kenny Lofton trying to steal. Right. And you throw it six feet to the right of the bag, I mean, what are we doing? So that was disappointing. You know, obviously, Oscar Gonzalez, he hit the home run to send us to the ALDS. I'm not going to get on the kid. Kid had a rough night last night. Rough. Rough night at the plate. I mean, Garrett Cole makes a lot of guys look silly. He made Oscar Gonzalez look absolutely silly last night. And then he had the... He had the incident in uh in right field where he just kind of kicked the ball around, uh, which allowed uh can't remember who hit that ball, but allowed him to get to get to uh get to third. But um Yeah, I mean uh, otherwise I thought the bullpen was really good last night, obviously. I mean the Guardians have the best bullpen in baseball. And uh, we didn't even see Class A last night because the Guardians uh were losing didn't have a lead. Right. Right. Um I look for them to bounce back in game two. I I I really like us in Game Two. Obviously, we've got Bieber on the mound. Uh, they're going with—I uh, can't remember the guy's name. The hell's the guy's name that the Yankees are throwing? He's well, been, he's been pretty good this year. Well, you say
1: that you like the Guardians in Game Two. I—the fact that Shane Bieber's pitching—that I mean that—that that right there
0: is—you know—one of your <laughs> here's best the, things you can feel about. Here's the interesting thing, though, about Game Two. I don't know that they're going to play it tomorrow.
1: Oh, because of rain in the forecast?
0: There is a 100% chance of rain in in, uh, New York City tomorrow night.
1: And here's the problem
0: with Major League Baseball.
1: They should be playing again today. Yeah. And it's only because of television. Because
0: they didn't want to put the Dodgers on late again so the East Coast wouldn't watch them. They did not want the Dodgers and the Yankees playing on the same night again. Right. That's the issue.
1: And yeah, you know, it's kind of funny because once they get to, once they're supposed to get to Cleveland for Game Three Saturday, yeah, they're actually putting us. You know how last time they were putting our games on at noon, yeah. You know, they're putting our game on at seven thirty. Well, I think it's seven thirty. I believe on, so. Yeah. On, on Saturday and then same thing on Sunday. Yeah. They're actually making Seattle, who's playing on the West Coast, mind you. They're basically playing – they're in the same situation we were in against the race. They're playing at noon. Yeah. You know, which is like and, – and they're actually – I find this kind of funny. If the astros Mariners series goes to game four, they actually have to push back the Cardinal seahawks game that yeah. day because, like, they're going to have, like, two Sunday night games this upcoming week because they there's just not enough parking in between um, – was it um, Safeco Field and oh, I can't even. Oh, I'm sure it's now. not. I don't think it's um, called Safeco Field still. And Lumen Century Field, Century
0: Century Link Field, I believe. Yeah, well, that's or that's, Lumen.
1: Yeah, Lumen is the Seahawks stadium, but basically, the Seahawks stadium and the Mariners stadium are right next to each other, so yeah. it's like they still have the parking. It's kind of like Pittsburgh in that regard. Yeah. Um, but
0: well, I mean, yeah. Good it's, morning, good afternoon, and good night. Your yeah. team's not in the playoffs. Ha ha! No, they blow. Um, yeah, uh, you know it's Major League Baseball's. Major League Baseball's never going to put the Yankees on during the day in the playoffs. They're never going to put the Dodgers on during the day in the playoffs.
1: And that's at the expense of actually getting the game in. Yeah. So
0: like they could have played today. Well, what's interesting is they're off today. It they're they're this series is like especially the first half of the series is being played like an NBA playoff series. Like, game one, off day, scheduled game two. Off day, game three, and then you got four and five is Sunday. And yeah, they Monday.
1: might actually get bailed out because the, you know if there is a rain on Thursday, they'll just play Friday. They still won't have an off day between game yeah. two and game three. But still, like, it's just dumb. Like why? If you know Stupid. if you know that you are dead to rights on the weather tomorrow, why would you tomorrow night? I don't know if it's gonna be the whole day or not. But like, why would you not play today, or why would you not play at one o'clock? I have no idea. <laughs>
0: I have no idea. <laughs> it's like, what are you,
1: stupid or something? Like,
0: So, yeah, so last night, uh, Guardians lose 4-1. to one. Um, I just, they didn't play their style. They didn't play their brand of baseball last night. Um, their only run came on a home run. They played bad defense. Um, they couldn't hit in the clutch, and, you know, it kind of screwed them over. Yankees did what they did. They scored all their runs on home runs. That's what they do. Um
1: I am sort of concerned that all of the Guardians runs that we've seen in the postseason so far have been on home runs. Yeah. That is not like them. Right. At all. Yeah.
0: So well, I, I'll I'll say this. Uh Jose is Jose hitting well. Uh Andre Jimenez is scuffling. Uh Ahmed Rosario is scuffling. Um Josh Naylor. Good God, Josh Naylor. I don't know if it's just – listen, I love Josh Naylor. I don't know if it's just uh, in these playoffs, but that guy cannot hit an off-speed pitch. He's like Pedro Serrano from Major League. I mean, you got to wake up bad. <laughs> somebody somebody, get Josh Naylor a live chicken, honestly. <laughs> and don't bring him a, a bucket hold, of KFC. Hold
1: on a second. So should I go to the second hole at Copper Top and just grab one of the, the chickens that wanders yeah, off right, from that yeah. house right by the green? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Shout out Copper Top. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, so Josh Naylor, uh if last night was any evidence, uh that guy cannot hit an off speed pitch. And he's he's gonna be our cleanup batter for the series. We cannot have him waving at pitches, like striking out the entire game. He's got to hit. Um we need Andres Jimenez, you know, he got the nickname Kid Clutch this season for a reason. We need him to wake up. Um yeah, Stephen Kwan was good. I thought he hit the ball well. Um, obviously, Jose was good. Rosario struggling. Oscar had a tough night. And then the bottom third of our order is just, I mean, it's its its not good. Trash. It's not good. Straight I mean, up My, trash. Miles Straw started to wake up at the end of the season. Um, so, I don't know. Hopefully, he can uh, come through for us. But they got to score runs, man. You you can't score I mean, four runs in three games. I mean you're you're scoring what, one in the third runs a game?
1: Not good. Not gonna you get it done. You
0: can't win. Somehow they won two game two out of the three games, but the Yankees it's are not a different typical. animal from the Tampa Bay Rays. Right. So and and in my opinion, you've gotta win tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, I mean it'd be pretty hard to, to win three in a row. I mean yeah. granted well, Yankees the Yankees did it to us five years ago, so I'm true. not ruling
0: anything out. But the but the Yankees, the Yankees weren't the youngest team in baseball. True when they did that. I mean they had a bunch of guys that are playoff tested that are, you know, big time big time players.
1: Do you put any stock in the fact that we've lost our last six postseason games against the Yankees? Or does that not have any relevance to the situation?
0: I don't know. I'm always I'm always hard pressed to like quantify that as like being something that's like actually there. You know what I mean? Like that does
1: bug me. Even though most of the players now, I mean, Shane Bieber that's, was around, that's my but thing. like most of the guys from then, are, Bieber Jose, was around. I, Jose, was, Jose around. was around. But that was about that's it. Really, basically
0: it. I mean, and we're talking even from 2020. I mean, are there any other players that we had? No, I don't think so. No, Naylor. Naylor played Naylor in the series here. in 2020, that small, truncated uh, COVID playoff series. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I guess you could put some stock in it, um, and we'll see. Uh, you know, Bieber, when he pitched in that series in 2020, was not good. I think he gave up seven runs in four innings. Oh, terrible.
1: So, I think he gave up, like, 12 runs in game one, if I remember.
0: So we'll see – We'll see how he reacts. I mean, if he comes out and he struggles again, then I think you can lend a little credence to that. I think he's going to be super motivated to put in a good start. And if he's anything like he was in game one against the Rays, maybe the Guardians will only have to score two runs tomorrow night. But I I would love for us to be able to get to four. I I don't think this is that much to ask. Get to four to five runs, and I'm going to feel really good about tomorrow.
1: This is the game where the Guardians probably could squeak by with two or three runs. Yeah, I mean, nothing against Tristan McKenzie. I mean, I'm, he's done great as well. But like, but I, we're I don't talking know.
0: about, we're, yeah, we're talking about game two. Like, Beaver you got your ace going.
1: Has is is the ace? He's got more postseason experience. Yeah, this this is the one where you probably could skate by with only just a few runs yeah. and maybe win. You
0: got your ace on the hill. It's essentially to save the season because I I know that teams have come back down two zero in a five game series before. Uh, you go down two zero. Not easy to do. No, it's not. But and could you? And if you go down two zero with your ace losing, that's I mean, that's that's really that's tough. really
1: hard because I mean, let's say for sake of argument, they lose game two. Let's say they do win the two games at Progressive Field and make. Then it you got to go ju- win game. Five then you got to figure Bronx. out. Okay, you know what do we do in terms of pitching? Do we and, go back to Quantrill? Do we throw Bieber on three days rest? Well, here's the thing. You know, how do
0: you play that? If they don't play that game tomorrow night and it pushes back to Friday, you're Beaver's not, gonna, not ha- gonna be available. No, you can't even you can't even I mean maybe you could pitch him out of the bullpen for like an inning, but he can't start in game five if that if game two gets pushed back to Friday.
1: Right. So the stakes actually become even bigger yeah. if the game is postponed. Agreed. Yes.
0: So we'll see what happens. I'm I'm feeling I'm actually feeling pretty confident about tomorrow night. Um I think the Guardians get back to playing the way that they play and I think that they're going to win game two tomorrow night. Um, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm not worried. I mean, I, I at no. some point they were going to take a hit. You know, yeah, it's right. It's just a matter of, you know, how the team responds. And <laughs> you know, maybe this is not the moment. Maybe this is the point where they come up against a team that's just better and they they get beat. Yeah, you know, there would not be any shame at all if the Guardians were to lose this series. No, no. I no, mean, no. would it suck? Yes, but given everything that they've done this season and that you know, like the Yankees are are a you know, on paper, statistically, a, a, they're, they're a superior team. They just are. Yeah, they you won know.
0: 99 games. You won 92.
1: So, you know,
0: it, it is what it is. I mean, the Yankees were on, like, 115-win pace for, like, the first half of the season.
1: Uh, yeah, if they didn't swoon in July and August, they. I mean, you would have— yeah. Yeah, I think, what was it, the Dodgers, I think, got, like, 110 wins or something. Yeah, the yeah, Yankees— They, they would have been right up with them.
0: The Yankees in August and September completely flipped. They were, like, 10 and 18 in August— and then in september they were like 19 and 11 right they really so really themselves down the stretch which yeah. which is but,
1: probably why i said if this series was happening like a month ago or a month and a half ago i'd feel better about our chances yeah. because the, the yankees were badly out of form at well, the time well if you
0: also remember we kind of were too uh yeah in mid august that was that was early the, august that was the stretch where we were you know, getting actually, swept yeah, by first the Mariners. week of September.
1: Yes, that was Labor Day weekend. Was the second series against Seattle. That yeah. was the last series the Guardians lost. Period.
0: Yeah. And I think we ended the season at a twenty four and six clip. The rest of the season
1: eighteen and three. Yeah, in the three weeks preceding that, and down the stretch they dropped a couple games. The games didn't matter, but I mean, right? Because we had already the six
0: and three. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel yeah. pretty good. So I, I think we both. They have...
1: definitely deserve the benefit of the doubt. Oh, they, 100%. they, they, they really do.
0: Hundred percent. I mean. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So yeah, it sounds like both of us have us winning in Game Two.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I think they will win Game Two. actually. Okay.
0: which will set up just a absolute raucous environment. It's, at progressive it's field Game on Three. Saturday.
1: I'm I'm not sure about, and I think that's going to be the game that ultimately decides the series.
0: Well, I think <clears throat> we're definitely going to have the pitching the pitching advantage on Saturday, um, even though he hasn't pitched in the playoffs yet, Tra- Travis Mc- uh, Travis. Tristan McKenzie going for us in Game 3 against, I don't even know. I think maybe Severino's going for them in Game 3. I don't know. Probably. But that guy's pitched like five games in like three years. I mean, and he he has not been good in the playoffs. So, Hmm. um, I like our chances in Game 3 and then, you know. But I'm getting ahead of ourselves. Let's, it just goes, it just two. goes
1: to show you the difference in how these teams are constructed. The Yankees get by on on offense more so than pitching, and the yeah. Guardians are complete opposite. Yeah, yeah. You we know, were talking about who's starting for the Yankees in Game Two and Three. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like, what do you mean you don't know? Listen, yeah. uh, the if we can win tomorrow night and then win Game. If we can win tomorrow night, I think we're winning I think we're winning 3 in a row. I'm not that trying would to get ahead be that would be on brand with your original
1: prediction. I'm not trying to get series. ahead of Yeah,
0: I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. Yeah. But the thing that the thing about game 4 is assuming he's the game 4 starter, Cal Quantrill does not lose at home. I don't think he lost I don't think he lost at home this year or maybe he lost once.
1: That's a really good point.
0: Yeah, he the was very gar- much actually. Let me rephrase that. It's not him who wins. The actual because because he team, doesn't he doesn't like- he doesn't figure in every decision. I don't think the guard the Guardians may have lost one of his home starts all year. One. That's
1: incredible. Yeah. When you think about
0: it. Yeah. And it's be- and and it it's because of him. Obviously, he's pitched great at home, but also for whatever reason, Cal Quantrill at home. The Guardians score runs when he pitches at home. I don't know. He gets like it's like an average of like over six runs a game that he gets.
1: I would sign up for that for Game Four right now. Are you kidding right? Me? That's what I'm saying. Is <laughs>
0: if we can if we can somehow win Game Two, man, I feel really good about the series, really good. So we'll see what happens, but we got to get Game Two. Game Two tomorrow night is huge. Come on, Beebs. let's do it. So, all right, well. Moving right along here. Some got... losses, like
1: game one against the Yankees for the Guardians, you can just shake off. <clears throat> Some losses, like the Chargers for the Browns, are much harder to shake off. Well, we'll see. Because... It seems like the the team, well, I don't know about the team, but the city's certainly having a bit of a hangover on this one, and perhaps deservedly so, given how this one went down and week before had gone down. Um, what are do the then... Browns got to do? You know, this this is big now. You've got New England this week.
0: I would say I would say get out to a big lead, but that that we've done that, and it has even in the fourth quarter, and we've given it up.
1: Play better in the fourth quarter seems to be a prerequisite.
0: And listen, <laughs> I'm fully aware that it's not just the Browns that are blowing big leads. Like this is becoming oh, an it's epi- not, it's league wide. This is becoming an epidemic in the NFL that. There are no, there's almost no good defenses in the NFL anymore.
1: I mean, just look at the look at the AFC North leaders right now. Baltimore Ravens, they could be five and zero right now. They yeah.
0: blew we two. Could be, we could be five and zero right leads, now.
1: One against Miami and one against Buffalo. And same thing with the Browns. They blew a huge lead against the Jets. Ridiculous. Yeah, you know, the Atlanta game was pretty much close throughout, but you had a chance to pull that one at the end. Same thing with the LA game, which you had a big lead early. What's hilarious
0: about the Browns is they could be 5 and 0 or they could be 1 and 4.
1: Yeah. I mean the only game they won semi decisively was the Steelers,
0: which is funny. That's the that's like the big rivalry right. game we've played this year and that's the but one like, that we won decisively.
1: What we ultimately <sighs> learned on Sunday is the you know the last second kick. The kicker giveth the kicker taketh away. Yeah. You know, we got away with the one in Carolina. We didn't get away with this one. And yeah, there were so many things that the Browns could have done to win this game that they didn't do. On, I mean, we talked. It's so funny how we're how it seems like a lot of people are stressing on the offensive errors that were made at the end of this game, and there were some. There was one that was really big on that late interception. For yeah, sure. yeah. But defense. Yeah, defense has got to be better. I mean, they've been pathetic pretty much the entire season so far. Yeah. They were semi okay, and the, they play, play, played a good second half
0: against Pittsburgh. That's it. That's like the only time they played good all season. They've been horrible, horrible, and and we we uh, we dissected it on the post game show, and I went on a little bit of a tirade. I'm looking at you, Miles Garrett. Where the hell are you? I when you, mean, when you're not crashing your car, uh, you know that notwithstanding. I mean, you know, when was the last time that that you made a uh uh game changing play. It was against Baltimore last year in week like eleven. Like you haven't it it's it's like two thirds of a season now where you haven't made a big play. And I'm not talking about a sack in the in the first quarter, which you're really great at, except last week you couldn't <laughs> even do that. You gotta make a game changing play, man. Come on.
1: We need you. Without having my notes in front of me I- I think he had a really good game in week one and hasn't really done much since, yeah, at least that's the way I perceive it
0: um yeah, I think he I think he has three sacks on the season, and I don't think he has a sack since week two, now obviously he missed the Atlanta game, so uh he didn't play in that one, so he's he hasn't he's gone two games without a sack.
1: he didn't do much of anything against Pittsburgh and he didn't do anything in the last game against no, l a no and so. i'm
0: and I'm so sick and tired. Of people saying, well, it's because he gets double teamed and he gets chipped and he gets like. I mean, come on, guys. You don't think when TJ Watt is in there that that happens to him? Like, people talk. Absolutely, it does. People say that stuff like he's the only guy in the NFL, the only pass rusher in the NFL that gets double teamed. Like, it's not an excuse. Aaron Donald
1: gets double teamed all the time.
0: Like, make a play,
1: man. (sighs) Oh, And while we're talking about defensive players that are struggling, let's talk about Denzel Ward.
0: Well, he's not even going to play this week because he's out with a concussion.
1: <laughs> Maybe that's addition by subtraction the way he's been playing. The way
0: he's been playing so far this year, I think he's what is he? I think he's rated like 72nd out of 75 cornerbacks so far this year.
1: Awful. He was like fourth <laughs> from the bottom. Yeah, and he's a making, guy that you just locked up to a long-term contract yeah. too.
0: I mean, obviously, I believe in his talent. Uh, something's going on. Something's not right with him. And obviously, he's not going to play this week with a concussion. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's he, Those are our two. It's, it's not hard. To, you know, obviously, a lot of our um, issues have come, especially the last two weeks, have come with the inability to stop the run. But you have two defensive cornerstones on this defense, Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward, and they've both been incredibly underwhelming this year. And because of it, your defense suffers.
1: Yeah. I mean, if your stars aren't playing like stars, that hurts. Yeah. And Denzel never struck Lee as a guy who would get paid
0: and then just get lazy.
1: Like, no, I don't I, think it's I'm that. Not, I'm not sure that's I don't think it's on. that.
0: Something is going on, and I don't know. it. You know, did, did, did he come into the season with an injury that they're just not talking about? Like, I don't know. I hope not. But – Hopefully he gets better because obviously with the concussion thing going on in the NFL right now, you know, they're not going to mess with it. So, um, hopefully he gets back soon. I know that's like his third concussion in his career, which is not good. That is not good. Um, but yeah. So, uh, with this game, I don't think we're going to have to worry about the secondary that much. Um, I don't think Mac Jones is going to play again. Uh, I think it's going to be zappy, the third string quarterback, because, uh, Brian uh, Brian Hoyer is out with a concussion as well for New England. But with the way that we've been defending the run the last few weeks, Ramondre Stevenson is coming in. Damian Harris is out with an injury, but Ramondre Stevenson rushed for 160 yards against Detroit last week, and I know it's Detroit and it was in New England, but we can't be making fun of anybody's defense right now, so that scares me. So I can't just go with the Mike Polk take, we're not Detroit? Yeah, no, you can't do that because (sighs) our rush defense is even worse. Um, that's what I'm worried about. I'm not really worried about anything else on uh um on on them offensively. Uh they have a couple good tight ends in uh Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, which I don't I don't know if they're both healthy or not, but I would love to say that this this
1: game you would think based on the personnel that New England is bringing in here and all the injuries they've got particularly on offense that this would be a game that would be well set up for the Browns, but the bottom line is, New England nearly went to Lambeau two weeks ago and knocked off Green Bay,
0: right. for the third-string quarterback. Right.
1: They then laid waste to the Lions, and I, I know the Lions are terrible, but like they shut them out, and the NBA Lions NFL were the number one.
0: They were the number one scoring offense in the NFL going into that game, and the Patriots shut them out.
1: I mean, the Patriots are two and three, but they're not. They don't look like a garden variety two and three team. No. Uh, based on the last two weeks, this is a game um, where the Browns are going to have to work. And let's face it. The Browns lost a game to Atlanta, where they completed one pass in the second half.
0: Don't think that New England can't do the same. Uh, case in point: last year, they won a game in Buffalo, throwing two passes the against, entire game against
1: the Bills, who are obviously who no. are, that non, was, uh, are clearly better than
0: the Browns. That was weather-induced, obviously, but you know, with rain and wind and all that. I mean, they Neither team was throwing the football in that game between the Patriots and the Bills last year. But if fact remains, s- they 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 threw two passes and won a football game.
1: Sidebar: If you've never seen the Monday Night Countdown clip of Susie Culber literally getting blown over yeah. in her chair, uh, Google that because yeah. that that was really
0: funny. Um, Browns are a here. Browns are a two and a half point favorite in this game as of now, which essentially means the game would basically be a pick'em if it was on a neutral yes. field. Um what are your thoughts going into this game and and give me your prediction? This is a
1: really hard game to
0: predict, yeah. honestly. Uh the Browns I mean, Vegas got Vegas ab- is trying to tell you that. The
1: Browns got absolutely hammered by this team in Foxborough a year ago. I'm not sure if there's any relevance there given the you know, first of all Baker Mayfield's not here anymore. Jacoby Brissett is playing very well. Well,
0: I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh going to your 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 point about um the game last year. The Browns defense was struggling. Last year. Oh,
1: they were in a really bad rut at and that time.
0: After this game last year against the Patriots, that is when they turned it around and they played really well the rest of the season. Yes. So hopefully I, hopefully that I hopefully this year they start to play well with the New England game.
1: I think the formula here is simple. You stop the run, you win.
0: You stop the run and you run the ball. I think it's that simple, really. You stop the run and you run the ball. I think
1: the Browns have shown that offensively they're going to get in the 20s. They could get in the 30s mm-hmm. if they play, have a really good game. So New England's going to have to score, sure. keep up with them. Sure. If you shut down the run, you're going to force a third-string quarterback to beat you through the air. Uh, that's, that's a tall order for any team. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Belichick. I'm sure he's got this thing schemed up like no one else does, which also does give me a little bit of pause here. But I had this game as a win at the beginning of the season, and I think the way the Browns have played offensively, I think they will get it done. Yeah. Um, It'll be nerve-wracking, but I think they will get this one done.
0: Well, we do not have a good track record this year against bad quarterbacks. So, <laughs> um, yeah. I uh, What's going to be interesting, I think the key matchup in this game, throughout the years with a New England defense and Bill Belichick tied tried tested and true he tries to when he's looking at an opposing offense he looks at okay who's their best player okay we're going to take him out of the game and make them try and beat us another way so that means that New England you know the Browns Jacoby Brissett even going back to last year with Baker Mayfield Saw a lot of nine man boxes because they just didn't trust the quarterback that the quarterback could beat them as an opposing defense. I think you might see ten guys in the box on Sunday.
1: Quite possible. Trying
0: to stop Nick Chubb.
1: Which I think would actually be kind of dumb if they did that because Well,
0: here's the thing. Jacoby Brissett has been much better than than expectations. Uh, I'm at 100% him that. Obviously, he has the struggles in crunch time. You know, we talked about that. I think a lot of the reason, and this, I'm not trying to take anything away from Jacoby. A lot of the reasons that he has success is because we have a really good run game, and we stay ahead of the chains almost all the time. If New England can stop our running game, and you're looking at second and nine, third and eight, second and eleven. Easier you know, said stuff than like done. That.
1: What? Easier said than done. But what? Stopping for to to hold the Browns to one yard on. First no, and I know I understand.
0: Down. I'm saying what I am what, what I'm saying is that's going to be their goal: is to force Jacoby Brissett into obvious passing situations where he has to scan a defense and beat you.
1: Right. Which is a scary it's prospect not, against a Bill Belichick right. defense.
0: Right. It's not. It's not that hard to complete passes on second and two and third and four and you know, stuff like that. But, you know, if you have, you know, say you're going, like I was saying, third and nine, third and 11, you know, even third and seven, eight, where the defense knows, okay, Jacoby reset's got to try and beat us. We'll see. I think that's going to be new England's game plan is to try and get us in uh longer down and distance situations. So yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of 10 man in the box, to be honest with you. Um, So we'll see what Jacoby can do. Um, I just, boy, right now, I have no faith in the Browns' run defense. Defense, period, but run defense, because I don't think New England's going to even try and throw it on us very much. I think they're going to be running straight north and south on us all day long, and they're going to try and just pummel us into the ground. I don't disagree. I had this as a win at the beginning of the season. I don't think the Browns are winning on Sunday.
1: Ooh. Ooh.
0: And I think that uh there, you know, there've always there've already been serious question marks being talked about with this team and especially this coaching staff. Again, I don't think you know aside from the browns going 2 and 15 and losing out i don't think kevin <laughs> i don't think kevin stefanski is going to lose his job this week but no i will say this his ass is going to be a little bit warm if they lose to new england on sunday
1: i mean the pressure
0: the pressure will be ratcheted up what's interesting is kevin stefanski's record after a loss with the Browns. Going into last week was I think 13 and 3. Only 3 times as a Browns head coach has he had more than a one game losing streak. Obviously they lost so that's 13 and 4 now because they lost last week. But the calling card of a Kevin Stefanski team is he hasn't allowed which so many times since 1999 the Browns have had 3 4 Five, six, seven game losing streaks in a season. Kevin Stefanski has avoided that. If they lose again on Sunday, and that's three losses in a row, two of them at home, the pressure is going to start to build. Because, again, I don't think there's any way Kevin Stefanski loses his job this season. But I'm not going to trust Jimmy Haslam and his itchy trigger finger as to not making a rash decision if things don't exactly go our way, and right now they're not going our way. It's
1: very hard to evaluate Kevin Stefanski when his number one guy is is not on the field. Absolutely, I've said that over and over again, and I I think that the last six, in terms of his evaluation, the last six games of this season are probably going to be more telling than the first eleven. Oh, 100%. For, for that reason, sure, but. Starting two and four, and in those six, games, not ideal, and particularly those, with the schedule that we have.
0: In those six games, we have th- we we have three division games in those final six.
1: You got two division games coming up right after this game. Yep, and you've already you're one. You know, and you're up. already on like if you're a two and four, you're on the brink of it being season over. But if you start dropping games inside the division after that, then it really is over. Yeah. So sure, it's that's that's I I actually only said it sort of tongue in cheek when I said well how can we be in that bad of shape we haven't dropped a game in the division yet because i say that not like not even facetiously because none of the other teams in the division are really blowing anyone away yeah if you have this a year where you go five i mean i'm not saying they're going to do this but if you have a year where you go 5 and 1 or 6 and 0 in the AFC North that might be enough i mean if you just as long as you don't get completely blasted I mean, it by everybody could, else it could
0: be i mean but if we lo- if we lose on sunday we're already we already have three losses in the AFC
1: so, if you're hoping that you'd be winning, you'd be hoping that in any tiebreaker situation before the division, not right, for a wild card. Right. Yeah, the Browns. The, Brown, the, the Browns.
0: The uh, Browns. The Browns are not are not getting into the playoffs as a wild card. The Browns are getting into the playoffs as division champion. Right. in My opinion.
1: If you're looking at the at the at the wild cards, they're almost certainly all going to come out of either the East or the West, the way yep. things are going right now. Uh, probably they're not going to come out of the South either, because the South is arguably even worse than the North is.
0: <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know if you guys can hear that right now, but we are getting rained on. It's getting quite stormy. This is like the first real rain we've gotten in almost two weeks, actually. Yeah, That's why I got my grass cut today. Oh, good move. Yeah. So. um, So, Steve's got, you got a score prediction? I say Browns
1: win this game
0: 28-24. Okay. Uh
1: actually checked that. I'm going to say 27-24. I'm going to say one of our PATs is no good.
0: Uh, that's actually a good call, given the kicker's track record over the last couple of weeks. All of his missed kicks have been in that in that state in, at, at Cleveland, uh, First Energy Stadium. Sorry.
1: Obviously, I'm hoping that doesn't happen, but that's what
0: I'm guessing. Boy, I'm going to hate myself right now. And God, I hope I'm wrong. Give me all of the smoke if I am wrong. I think the Browns lose thirty-one seventeen. Oh, 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 ooh. Okay. I think the I think the Patriots might run for two hundred fifty yards on Sunday.
1: I gotta ask this question because I I was being conciliatory with regard to Kevin Stefanski. Say the Patriots, I was actually thinking this too. Think if the Patriots put up like three hundred yards on the ground in this game and the Browns lose, does Joe Woods have a job on Monday? I don't
0: know because we've been saying it over the last couple weeks and there and he still has a job. I don't think Kevin Stefanski is going to fire Joe Woods. I I will say though, I will say after the Atlanta game. Man, it's really raining. Oh, it is. Um Kevin Stefanski said after the Atlanta game, it's on him. It was all on him. He took all the blame. Last week on Sunday after the game against the Chargers, he was not he was not taking the blame for everybody. He said, we need to play better defense. We need to tackle better. Do I think Joe Woods gets fired if the Browns play really crappy on defense this week? I don't know. But what I will say is, I think the tide is turning on that to where if it happens, I'll certainly say this. If we lose on Sunday and then we lose both Baltimore and Cincinnati going into the bye week, Joe Woods is gone.
1: Two and six, I mean, whoo,
0: whoo. then, (laughs) Because then then at that point, if you're two and six and you have a five-game losing streak, Kevin Stefanski's ass is on the hot seat.
1: And there's a good chance that that losing streak could run all the way until Deshaun Watson's return because your next three games after that are at Miami, Tampa, and at Buffalo, which you're not going to be favoring any of those games. No. I mean, Miami's gone a little sideways since they Not lost Not if you're on a five-game losing streak. but
0: like, That's why I, hopefully, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm really wrong, and I hope that scoreline is switched and the Browns do what they've been doing on offense, scoring almost 30 points, and the defense finally shows up. I mean, at some point, pride's got to kick in, right? Yeah. I mean, you've been getting your tails kicked the last two weeks. I mean, literally just line up and just get blown off the ball. I mean, pride's got to kick in at some point. Hopefully that happens on Sunday. I mean, because you got guys. We already talked about Denzel. We talked about Miles. John Johnson is literally stealing money from the Cleveland Browns.
1: He's probably been the worst out of all of them. The way he's horrible. The way he's.
0: Oh, Jacob Phillips has no idea how to play the run. J.O.K. was really bad on Sunday.
1: It's too bad because he was has been one of our best players on defense. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, he's, he, he was awful. Last he
0: hasn't been the problem on defense, but he was really bad on Sunday. And there
1: were many plays where he was trying to rush outside or try and rush up the middle, and he was nowhere near the point of attack. <sighs> There's
0: only one guy that's playing well on defense, and it's the third-round rookie cornerback, uh, MJ Emerson, who was the guy that broke up the fourth and two pass to uh, Mike Williams. At the end of the game when Brandon Staley was a freaking moron and tried to literally hand us the game. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that I hope I'm wrong. I hope Steven's right. And if that's the case, it will be a happy postgame show on Sunday, which is where we will talk to you guys next Sunday uh, evening after the Browns and Patriots game. Um, Thank you guys for listening to this episode again. Hang on one second here. Oh, okay. Sunday. 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 If my
1: prediction for Browns and your prediction for Guardians comes true, if if that parlay hits, Sunday is going to be an extreme day of celebration because
0: Sunday we're bonging beers.
1: The Guardians will have won the Division Series three games to one against the Yankees as well.
0: Steve will will drink alcohol on the podcast if that happens. No, maybe no not, Because he's in training, so maybe not. <laughs> okay. uh, well, I'll drink. I'll drink more. I'll, I'll drink for him. I'll drink more. So, um, yeah, I didn't even. I didn't even think of that on Sunday. If what I says comes true, and what you about the guards, what you say comes true about the Browns, boy, that's gonna be a party. So we might have to. We might have to call in some guests for the post game show, if that happens. Yeah. What time is? Wait. What time is the game on Sunday? The, the Guardians game.
1: Oh, uh, you know what? <laughs> Quote, if you
0: necessary. know what
1: they're probably not going to play us until like yeah. Sunday night. So at that, ha- that so would have to be actually, really no. late. So, so we're prob- what we are probably a- not going to wait until that late. No, to do it'll it. be
0: a Browns post game show and a Guardians preview show. Probably. So, but again, we appreciate Rats. you guys listening. Uh, you can follow Stephen at Stiff's McGee. You can follow me at Daniel J Ford. You can follow the podcast at the L O T L Podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Episode two thirty one and uh, we'll see you guys uh, on Sunday. See ya. Bye. Go Guards. Go Browns.